This is your host of the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. I'm Leisha Holmes, and I just wanted to say thank you for choosing to listen to our episode. Now, before we start, I would like to thank our sponsors, Hoxo Media and Vincere. I will explain a bit more about them later on in the episode as to how you, our listener, can benefit from a unique discount by mentioning the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when you contact them. Now, remember to click subscribe as you're listening now to get notified of every new weekly episode of the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. Without further ado, let's jump in to the episode. This is Leisha Holmes, and I'm your host on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. And I have to tell you, my next guest is someone that I've wanted to invite on for a while, and I've waited until she's about eight months pregnant as we record this in November 2021. And by the time you're listening or watching this, we hopefully will have a, a mini Leyland staff bouncing on her knee. This, ladies and gentlemen, is Emily Leyland, who is the co-founder of Fresh Perspective and also a podcast host on A Fresh Perspective in Business. Welcome to you today, Emily. How are you? Hello, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. I love that intro. Oh, you know, <laughs> I feel like I'm a celebrity. <laughs> oh, you do. Honestly, if, if you're not already following Emily on social media, particularly on LinkedIn, you need to get over there because you share the most wonderfully, literally fresh perspective of your life with your dog. You and Laura are just so inspiring to so many people because you just share really authentic content and it, it does get noticed. It really does. It elevates you. Oh, Thank you. No, it's hard work coming up with content every day, but when you're actually quite authentic, it does make life a little bit easier because <laughs> you can just post what comes into your head. Which I was going to say things that are happening in real life every day. Well, thank you very much for, you know, you've definitely kept an audience uplifted through very challenging times. And as we look to the future, we can't wait to hear what your business has in store. But for those who are not yet familiar, tell us a little bit about how Fresh Perspective came about. Yeah, so we are five and a half now I don't know would that make us like year three at primary school I don't know year two year three but um yeah we are still relatively young in the grand scheme of things but I suppose we'd kind of done the whole like glass ceiling at our last place so we were internal recruiters and age we spent a lot of time in agency before that and went internal went over to the dark side and then and we kind of even though we were a part of the business where we came from, they didn't really know what we did. And that wasn't them doing anything bad. It was more just ignorance to recruitment and I suppose the ins and outs of it. So we kind of ran our own function, but it got to the point where we weren't going to make any more money. We weren't going to progress more. We, 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 it was literally metaphorical glass ceiling. And so it was a bit like, well, what are we going to do? We, do, we, do we want to just do this? Because we're really ambitious, tenacious, driven people. And so we thought, no, we'd, we'd like to be able to do this, but for several different clients. So we wanted to apply that internal theory, if you will, of recruitment where it's done well, but to do it for several businesses. So we left, but we were in a contract at the time. So we weren't allowed to set up at the same time. So Laura had to leave first and I had to leave three months later, which made setting up a business quite tough because she had to take all the risk. Because um, I was kind of going through a mortgage at the time, getting my first house. And then eventually I joined her. And that was it, really. It's, I suppose the rest is history. But it kind of it came out of that idea of wanting to make recruitment better, wanting to put the fun and positivity into it and show people that it can be done well. Like it doesn't always need to be this thing that annoys everyone and takes too much time. And people see it as being cutthroat. It can be the total opposite to all of that. And, that's where we are today. We're still 
changing, I suppose, the perception and reputation of it. But I do feel like we've, just, we've took a big chunk out of it and, and have almost successfully done that. But there's a long way to go. Yeah, <laughs> and just as an aside, what's it like working with your sister? Yeah, I think, I mean, me and Laura are pretty forward. Uh, we don't, we kind of, we just we say it like it is. We're not really those people who are um, shy and retiring. So we tend to have a bit of a blowout about every six months where we want to kill each other. <laughs> and then I want to kind of smash her head into stuff. Uh, Laura's not as violent as I am, so she can kind of keep a lid on it. She's definitely the, um, the sensible one and I'm the erratic one. But I suppose that works because we both got, we are, as much as we're really similar in a lot of ways, we are quite different. And so we do bring two totally different perspectives. So, yeah, sometimes it can get a bit tense between us. But that's when we go on these mad spiritual retreats where we sort of get back to get back to actually being sisters. Because I think you do forget that you're sisters sometimes yeah. and that you need to spend that time out of work together. But honestly, it, it does it does really, really work, even though sometimes, you know, I want to hurt her, but in a good way. There's <laughs> one of... I'm I'm the eldest of five siblings, so and and so there's okay. in my family. So I know what you're talking about, and I, you know it'd be interesting to know if any of our audience have a similar experience working with a sibling. I haven't actually ever worked with a sibling, uh, but I've I've interviewed plenty of couplepreneurs, so that's why I thought it'd be very interesting to find out whether. Oh. And I, but I think when you when you are lucky enough to have a sibling, if you then get the opportunity to work together, I think that there's just such a deep level of trust and friendship, generally speaking, um, that you, yeah. the compatibility is that it, it, even though you are very different, you and Laura, clearly that naturally works. So I think it's interesting. It'd be interesting to know what people feel when they come and work for you, which I think leads on very nicely, really, to what I want to talk to you about, which is, you know, as you've yeah. grown over the last few years, one of the sort of key focuses for you has been growing your own. So talk yeah. through maybe why why you've gone down that route, sort of growing your own, and then what your learns have been along the way. Because I think for our audience, particularly those who are running recruitment businesses, that is the reality when there's such a talent short market in recruitment, which obviously I'm Absolutely. saying. Absolutely. But, um, but also those who are listening, we do get a lot of people listening who are in their first sort of throes of, of their recruitment career who maybe can impart some advice so just give us an idea of why the trainee route yeah definitely and I love that point of what you said about the whole trust thing just going back to that about siblings and and this does answer the question I'm not going off on a tangent not just yet anyway but it is you when you work with with someone in that situation they've always got your back so even when you mess things up and you do things wrong and you make mistakes which we will do you've got someone who will have your back and almost will judge you but not judge you fully like other people do and and that that does answer your next question so we our dad had a family business when we were little and so we kind of got brought up in the whole family business sort of world and he had it with his brother and and who else and, and they actually worked together quite a lot and I suppose me me and Laura did that and we wanted one of the big things and sometimes I think maybe this was the wrong thing to do but it's hard not to I wanted as someone who's had anxiety from, I remember being anxious when I was in reception at, at, at primary school. So for a really, really long time. And I remember, I remember feeling like I was uncomfortable and, you know, like there was no safe place. And then that kind of transpired into school, into high school, into work. And you know, that feeling when you get on a Sunday and you're like, oh my goodness, like everyone gets a bit of that fear that they can't be bothered with the week, but this is crippling where you're bed bound and you're like, I do not want to go to work. And one of the big things that I really wanted to create when setting up Fresh was a safe place for people to come and work. Somewhere where they would look forward to coming in on a Monday, wherever rough they were from the weekend. 
However, you know, if they'd, if they'd had some some particular troubles over the weekend, they'd still feel like, you know what, I still want to go into the work and I want to add value and I want to do a good job. And I want to feel like, yeah, I, I, I did something, I did something good that day. And that was like, and all I don't know, sometimes maybe I've stepped over the line and been too empowering, too inspiring, too supportive, because then that it, the whole colleague and an employee and friend thing kind of gets a bit, bit mashed up and then when people leave you very 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 sad so that that's a sort of fine balance yeah. to manage but it was creating that that place where people could come and it was almost non-judgmental where they could come and they might have been you know like our, our girls like one girl's working at next one girl's working at starbucks and they believe that they would they didn't really have much of a career or didn't have really that, that the prospects that they would like and then we we brought them in as as trainees, so as literal recruitment urgents entirely. You know, they had no experience, but we didn't. I suppose the reason why we did that is is to I suppose empower those. And it was always girls. <laughs> we have got a boy now, thank God. I'm <laughs> trying to hit more of the diversity. <laughs> that is not the reason why we hired him, but you know, he does kind of tick that box now, yeah. which is great. But it was it was giving people that opportunity that maybe you know. No, a lot of girls can get quite passive and feel like, you know, I've not really got that many prospects. I'm, I suffer with confidence and self-esteem issues and that kind of stuff. And so we wanted to almost advertise it that you don't need recruitment experience because we will teach you that. And then, and then obviously you can grow and prosper and stuff. And it's really worked because our model is so different. And so you don't necessarily need recruitment experience because we wouldn't teach you the agency way anyway. It would, it would, it's almost like the opposite. So we were like, you work on behalf of your candidates we work on behalf of our clients so it's a complete and utter flip it's very much like the clients who we deal with and then we would then go and source on the on behalf of those so it's much more like we could we could train them it's much more about your attitude rather than your aptitude but i still think even if you had an agency that you could do it that way i still think you can bring on trainees and obviously there's loads of ideas that i've got that i will impart on how to do that but i think i've answered your question and try hard to bring myself back. <laughs> no, you do. And, and I love, that's why I, let, I make it conversational because it's. I love how people go off. You know, you think you're on a tangent and you're not. You're giving loads of value. Yeah. I really appreciate you sharing some vulnerability there about your anxiety because I think that certainly since COVID began in March 2020, people are a lot more open about talking about anxiety and about how common it is. I don't, I actually don't know anybody that hasn't at some point in their life had some form of crippling anxiety. And yeah. I love how you sort of gave the, you know, for me, for you to have created a business that's psychologically safe for people to want to come in on a Monday morning, that whatever else we've got going on, I think we, you should applaud yourself. Uh, it actually made Aww. me feel when you said that, because I think it's actually something I appreciate, because you never lose, you know, that Sunday night preschool feeling of, you know, I've got to don't want to go in and do X lesson in the morning. For me, yeah. you know, I, I've I've got a, a sort of, well, I use the saying carp DM. I think everyone knows what it means, you know, seize the day. Yeah. If you're not doing a job, yeah. then you need to change your job. So I think if you've created an environment where people are going to love coming to work. So I think that's that's something I really want to thank you for sharing that because that was a very personal. Oh, you're thank you for that. So ju just in terms of, you mentioned there are a couple of backgrounds, you know, the, the hospitality and retail background has always been, a very attractive background for recruitment traits, let's say, because traditionally there's long hours, you have to work very, you know, customer facing in both of those environments. Yeah. So what, when you interview a potential trainee, what are you focusing on? 
We briefly interrupt this chat on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast to introduce to you our partnership with Vincere, the recruitment operating system. Vincere is the modern recruitment operating system for recruitment and staffing agencies around the globe. A single tech platform that unifies your CRM, your ATS, your website, candidate and client portals, shift scheduler, timesheets, data and analytics, and now including video interviewing and outreach all under one roof. This is the reason the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast chose to partner with Vincere because we want to make the job of a modern recruiter as simple as possible. So if you're looking for a new recruitment CRM to manage your entire operation, visit vincere.io and remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. Now, back to the chat. Good question. I think we, so we do quite a detailed interview process and I suppose why wouldn't we? And then, you know, that's, that's how we would obviously service our clients as well. We do personality profiling, but we also get them to almost cover all elements of what they'd be doing in the role. So, for example, like when we've got a client who is, you know, got a really nice vibe and they're really out there and modern, and then we get them into the interview process and they're like, yeah, yeah everything's going really well. We, we, we get these candidates in and they're, and they're really happy. And then the client then doesn't know how to interview, so pulls a bunch of competency-based questions off the internet, bores the candidate to death, and then we lose them. And I'm like, right, what have we done there? <laughs> what do we need to do differently? And this is how interviewing should not be. I literally hate competency-based questions. For me, they are like the enemy because you can just prep for them. You don't get any, any kind of natural response to anything. And surely that's not what we're looking for in an interview scenario. So... With us, I suppose how we interview is no different. So we do a video application really early on. So, and this is just quite chill because you're going to have to get involved in video. We're a really forward-facing brand. So we do just get you to like introduce yourself, obviously talk about yourself. You know, you can have your dog, cat, crocodile, whatever the hell you've got in the video. It's nice, it's nice and chilled. And then we did we'd always get you to answer some questions like, and not <laughs> ego-filled questions like, why do you want to work at Fresh? It's you know, why, why are you interested in taking this further? What was it that, that brought you here in the first place? You know, why why did you look at us and, and think, oh, maybe I could see myself there? So then we're getting into the psyche a little bit. And then obviously when they're coming for an interview, it's really, really chill. So they come in and meet Lenny, my dog, because they have to like dogs. He, he's not going anywhere. He is a business partner. Um, so there's no point. We've got loads of grief on him on International Dog Day or something like that, because they were like, what about the people that don't like dogs? And I was like, well, that's fine, but why should Lenny not come to the office? Absolutely. <laughs> He's going to come to the office. Like, that's just ridiculous. But anyway, so they'll meet Lenny and they'll meet the team and stuff like that. And then it is just really, really, really relaxed. So we always tell people that recruitment is like dating. And I don't know if you've ever used this analogy, but, you know, if I went on a date with you and you just talked about yourself for the whole time, I would probably think you're a bit of an idiot and I probably won't follow you again. Whereas if you talked about yourself and you shared and you asked me, you built rapport and we talked about things that we liked and stuff, then we could potentially see where it would go. And interviewing for a business is no different. So it's 50-50, you are equal footing. And this is where we tell our candidates, you know, come prepared, come with a big a big notepad and a pen and, and come with us and interview us because if you don't know by the time you leave what you would do if we offered you then we've not done well enough 
And it's that you shouldn't just be like, I want to work it fresh because it looks all pink and fluffy. No, it's hard graft as well. And I won't tell you any different. But ultimately, you've got to find that out yourself. We just recently took on a girl I interviewed her two years ago. She's called Andrea. And um, she she was quite meek and mild like a couple of years ago. And I loved her. And I remembered her all this time. And um, But I thought, it's not right. It's not right at this moment in time. And I got back in touch with her and she was like, oh, my God, yeah. Anyway, her resilience has literally gone from zero to a thousand in this two-year period. She's really found herself and she's coming and she's just smashing it. She's on like week three now. Like she's been here six months. She's absolutely nailed it. But the interview almost was no different for her. It's just that she almost she realized that you know if I want to get to where I need to be this I need to do some work on myself and I love that because I was like she's going to work on herself and like force herself to feel content in her own skin and like almost empowered herself and then thought you know I'm ready for that and she stayed at the same company but did a different job and it was just really nice how she came back and we almost interviewed this person who had been on like a journey which was just really 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 nice I know you can't always get in that situation but for us, it's we want to know who people are outside of the day-to-day. Because if you give a crap about charity and, and being a better person and looking after the planet and actually giving something back, you know, if they care about people and animals and if they care about, like, adding, like, trying to, you know, inspire others, all that kind of stuff, then we can absolutely teach them how to recruit successfully. But then we're dealing with the right people and we've got all these people who feel the same working in, in one kind of scenario which I think is just absolutely magical so it, I don't think there's any secret sauce with interviewing apart from just being a human being <laughs> well people get it wrong, there's so many things that people hopefully have taken note of there that are thinking of going down the hiring trainee route that actually I agree with you please let's park the competency-based questions because to be honest yes. boring to answer they're boring to answer and what you tend to find as well is that very often people don't really listen to the question. They just assume what you're about to ask them. Isn't it better to do the Emily suggesting they're basically focusing on behaviours, mindset, you know, what the values of that person are, who actually are you? I love the dating analogy. I think that's brilliant. Oh, I agree with you that even if you're listening to this and you might be totally intimidated by the person interviewing you, they are a human being too. So on which level are you going to form a relationship? It's not going to, there's no parity when you're going in as a trainee, but you can ask them, what did you do when you started here? How, how, would, how did you get a job? What would you have done in my position? You know, get them to talk about them in that way and you're making it much more level playing field. So I love your advice. I think oh, it's absolutely. Really- and, just, and just to add, like, I don't know if, you know, the people that are listening as an opening question in a face-to-face interview. So I'd always say never invite someone straight to face-to-face interview because it's your territory. They're turning up to your place. It's very much like we own this space. Well, no, you don't. You've invited them in. Whereas if you do a call, it's 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 it's, it's kind of like level playing field and it can be nice and relaxed and then they're prepared for coming in. Like, I know this person's nice. They were nice to me on the phone. They're not going to try and trip me up. And so it does kind of help a little bit. But also, I'd say the first question that so many of our clients ask is, what do you know about us? And I just said, what, what do you know about this candidate? Because let's start there. So for me, it shouldn't be right. And Melissa, what do you know about, about Fresh Perspective? Like, we never ask this question. It's like, why are you here? Why do you want to know about us? 
Yeah. You know, what what is it that's got you here today? Why have you got in your car or whatever and, and made it here today? And that's the difference because then it's a truthful answer. Whereas I remember prepping for interviews and I'd be on the internet just like absorbing the information because I was so scared of being asked this question and answering it wrong that I didn't actually think, do I want to work here? I never never asked that to myself. I was just like, I need to know about this company. Otherwise, I'm gonna I'm gonna fail the interview. Next time if you're listening, yeah. next time if you're a trainee listening to this, the next time you get asked that question so what do you know about you know obviously well let's call it abc company you go absolutely jack shit because your website's rubbish but i'm here <laughs> yes. it's just it's I'm here. so tell me about it now yeah uh, absolutely oh we've had a website malfunction a webcam malfunction so when you have brought trainees into your business, the key thing I reckon is going to be about onboarding. And, you know, the world has changed now. I know that you're, you've got an off, a beautiful new office um, up in Chorley. But for those listening who maybe have got a virtual or a hybrid model, how does onboarding trainees actually work in reality? Yeah, okay. So really good question. Like so many, I think when we talk recruitment, we know what onboarding is, don't we? Because we talk about it all the time. But so many clients out there have no idea what onboarding is. And it's so important. It's important for everything, whether it's rec to rec, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's got you've got to be onboarding people properly. And I think if you always think you're onboarding a trainee, you're never going to go far wrong. Because if you're onboarding someone with loads of experience, it doesn't mean they've ever been onboarded into X business before. And so they therefore need to be onboarded, which is just a fancy way of saying welcome, isn't it? So yep. it doesn't need to be more dressed up than that. So I hate processes. I am the world's worst administrator. I can't stand tasks that make me sit and only focus on that. I like being distracted, which is really bad when it comes down to stuff like this. But I force myself to start writing processes. And now we've got a folder that's like this big of obviously like written ones. They're, on, they're online as well. We're not that archaic. But it, it, it forced me to get organised because what I almost wanted was we would never get someone to train themselves at fresh. But if for whatever reason, no one was here and everyone was doing something else, you could follow our processes and you could train yourself. So it's like, we're, you know, like the world's going to end kind of thing. Then you still need to do your job. But it's obviously not always been like that. But I suppose it started out by just welcoming people. So they would they'd get an offer after the interview, never offer in the interview. That's another bit of advice. You know, you are, again, we're keeping that sort of 50-50. Then you're not going to be like, because it's just like running up to a stranger and saying, will you go out with me? Don't do it. Because that is that is desperate. Be cool. Be a bit cool with that. Be cool. Yeah. And it's the same. This is what we say to our clients. It's like, chill out. Give them time to process the information and think because guess what they might have a question or they might not be happy with something and that's the same so we'd interview them let them go away speak to them afterwards obviously get the lowdown what do you like what do you not like what would you change and um, if you could you know if, if you got an offer at this would you accept it or how do you feel about benefits package blah blah, blah. ask loads of questions get the lowdown and then obviously if you're at that point and you feel like you know what they did probably accept our offer then accept an offer and this is all part of onboarding because whatever you're doing now paves the way for the future you know it's a yeah. message isn't it it's first impressions because this is where you're kind of bringing them into to your family and so it's got to be done well so once you've obviously accepted them i would always suggest doing the hr bits and and sort of spreading it out so i will talk about the onboarding once we're in the business but i think this is really important because 
what happens in this sort of notice period, and you probably know it, where they're not, where no one's keeping in touch with this candidate, you know, they've got a foot in one camp, a foot in the other, and there's a big open space in the middle. And if you're not prepared to welcome your newbie at that point, then they will go somewhere else. It's true. And you will be devastated because all that work has been done for no reason. And this 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 theory is, apl is applied everywhere. So it's always stretch out your new starter stuff. So contracts, offer letters, medical questionnaires, all the HR crap. Get it done, but get it done throughout this notice period. Yeah. Maybe share your induction if you've got one ahead of time. Bring them in for a brew. Organise meet the teams. Get them into the WhatsApp group. Get yeah. them following you on social media. Follow them on social media. Basically, you want to be in their space. You want them to feel like, do you know what? I have made the right decision by accepting that offer. And if for one second they think opposite to that, you failed. Yeah. You failed. And then there's a chance that they could go somewhere else. So I think all that for me is where onboarding starts. And then obviously once they join the business, so everyone should know that you've got a new starter on day one. I can't stand it when you're in office. Someone comes in and no one looks up and says hello. It's the most intimidating. Even when you go to get your hair done, and yeah. no one says, I love your ride, just take a seat. Mm. You, you feel like, oh, God, I feel like I've walked in at the wrong time. You want to feel welcome, don't you? So it's no different. You know, people should know. You've got a massive office. The receptionist or whoever, front of house, should know to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, are you such and such a body? Right, just come here. Let's get you a brew. You've got to feel welcome because they've made a big decision moving jobs so it, it doesn't matter where they've come from what they've been doing it should be handled well and I'm really really passionate about this because I can't it is just really simple and I get that it's not anyone's job but if you've got a process for it and it's like right let's tick tick off the list literally add to whatsapp group it isn't that difficult or challenging and then at that point I'd always give, give them an induction now our induction has grown arms and legs it's like six pages long now but it's almost like a checklist as well. So you go through it and you could style bits that you might need a bit more, more sort of um, information on them, exposure or whatever. And then obviously you could cross stuff out that you know and you've done and blah, blah, blah. And then it's almost like, you know, your little like, it's, it's what's going to be expected of you in, in month one. And there's no, there's no sort of like pressure if you're not necessarily there after month one, but it's, it's just a guide, a sort of how-to guide. But we often share this with people before they even start. And then what I do as well with trainees is, uh, I mean, everyone's been a trainee. We hired one recruiter once and it didn't, it didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work at all. And it was because she knew something totally different and almost couldn't unpick. It's almost like, you know, like trying to pass your driving test again yeah. after getting loads of bad habits. She just couldn't unpick it and it just, it just didn't work out for, for both sides, really, which was, was interesting. But I always get my team as well to, su to support with the induction. So it's not just me who does it, even though I'm the person in the business who's sort of in charge of it. We, um, we get other people to go through like our life cycle, because again, that's really different. We get people to do sort of system training, process training, that kind of thing. And so they're getting to know the team as well. And, they get, and, and the team members can step up and be more of a sort of leading role. So I think a lot of people get freaked out when they don't have an induction in place, but all it is is what do you expect of someone in the first yeah. week, two weeks, a month? Yeah. Get it written down. And then you can almost get them to write their own induction. Right, what else did you do that week? Let's stick it on here. And then what we can do, once you're flying, you could almost rewrite the next induction for the next person. Mm. Yeah, so it doesn't necessarily need to be like literally that's that's what happens. Like we've got I've got my newbies to write the processes, we've got Cheryl and Cameron to write, rewrite the processes. Because then what's well, no point in me writing it. 
because I do this stuff day in day out and I'll never be able to write a process that's a sort of how-to guide like you guys do you're you're done it you're doing it that's really good advice yeah yeah so they they all get involved with it and then it's really nice because then they're like oh my god look how much look how much stuff I know and that's really that's really nice for them so it sounds complicated but it's not is it it just needs a process Oh, absolutely. Now, there's a couple of things I want to pick up on there. First and foremost, I think, you know, the onboarding process that starts the day they accept your job. 100%. And actually, I think I always advise my clients, whether it's a trainee or a director, invite them in, you know, get everybody so that on that day one where you've talked about everyone walking and going, hello, they already know who that person is. I think it's really important. And I think especially for a trainee, because that, you know, most markets in you know that are hiring in at this sort of first entry level you know they're going to have an absolute array of opportunities welcome to them so if you're not making them feel special someone and welcome someone else will and I think the other thing that I want to is, is managing expectations I think that if you by creating an onboarding program and obviously therefore an induction where you're basically stating what the ex- expectations of you are but these are what your expectations of me should be it's just how your communication is going to go on from there on in which is open honest you know come and chat to us it's agile you know there might be things in that induction that you think actually you could do this better so it should always be a two-way thing there's no question about that yeah absolutely I absolutely love that okay and so in terms of that I think you know given given the audience that's going to listen to this some of them will be in their first stages of recruitment social media has been part and parcel of their life from day one so what would you say the do's and don'ts might be of creating a credible social media brand because although we live on LinkedIn a lot of the sort of entry-level people might be on Instagram they might be on TikTok so what would your sort of do's and don'ts be around social media management Okay, so I just wanted to break away from the chat for 60 seconds to talk to you about an issue a lot of agencies are facing right now and what one company, Hoxo Media, are doing about it. There's a lot of talk about what it takes to be the quote-unquote modern recruiter, personal branding, building an online presence, finding new and innovative ways to engage the market, whatever your market is. It's an approach most businesses are fumbling around with at the moment, to be honest. Meanwhile, Hoxo have absolutely nailed it. They are arguably the world's foremost marketing agency dedicated exclusively to the recruitment sector. And they've worked out what recruiters need to do to see tangible success through online activity. They've developed a proven methodology to follow on LinkedIn daily to establish you, you, as the go-to recruiter in your space and drive inbound leads and new business opportunities on a consistent basis. Now they teach it all to you over an eight week course in the Hoxo Academy. I actually completed the Hoxo Academy in the very height of COVID and it completely transformed my business. In fact, it paid for itself by the end of week two. The best place to find out more about Hoxo Media is to check out their website, hoxomedia.com or search for them on LinkedIn and give them a follow. They give away an absolute ton of valuable advice and actionable tips for free. But if and when you're ready to seriously invest in your online brand, give these guys a shout. But make sure to tell them that Leisha from Key Recruitment sent you and just quote the podcast, the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast, and they'll give you a cheeky discount as well. Not bad, eh? Now, back to the chat. God, yeah, do's and don'ts. I mean, definitely now we do live in this world where we love to share things online. I mean, I like to share things on LinkedIn, but ultimately, 
I wouldn't be doing that if I didn't have fresh. I don't think. I just, I probably wouldn't. I, I mean, I might, I might. It's difficult for me to obviously think of a life without fresh now because I want, I want fresh to be out there. I want it to be in people's faces. I want people to know us, that kind of thing. So it is a little bit different. I feel like I'm doing it for that reason. But I think with regards to social media in the whole, you just got in, in, in the sort of whole is you just got to be really careful because whatever you put on it can be found at a later day. And so when you don't, without even applying it to recruitment and stuff, like stuff can be found. But like I remember some of the stuff that I used to put on there when Facebook first came out and it was just gross. Like it was just some of the, the names that I used to call the albums because back then you'd put like loads of pictures up as an album. And then everyone would just be able to see this album from the night. And it was it was totally different to how it is now. But I just think some of the words that I used were just absolutely disgusting. And I just think, oh, God, if I didn't have my own business, it'd be awful. <laughs> because it probably wouldn't be. Luckily, someone reported my old profile and it got taken down. Because then at least I don't have all that crap to deal with because it's literally disappeared from the internet. But it's just, you are your own brand ambassador. And I think now more than ever, you are creating an online persona. So, yeah. I think it's great to be vulnerable, honest, raw. You know, I think it's really important not to always paint this perfect picture that life is, is great, you know, like an Instagram live. But ultimately, whatever you're putting out there, because you change, don't you, day to day? Like one day you might you might think that you're the best feminist in the world and two weeks later, you know, you, you're feeling really bad about it. And so if you're sharing the, these inconsistencies, you've just got to be careful about what message that, that kind of puts out there, which I think is... It's, it's just a tough world, isn't it? It's so transparent. It's like you're being watched all the time, like you're constantly on CCTV, which I don't really agree with. But I think we, I was saying this the other day, I don't know how you feel about this, Leisha, but we were saying the other day, like candidates get an impeccable service at Fresh. And then we were like, and they don't pay a thing. <laughs> now, I'm not saying that candidates should start paying for recruitment, but I do think they need to be a little bit more grateful when they do get an amazing service, probably like they do from you guys. But it is all for free, isn't it? The client is basically paying for this. True. And then where I sort of get a little bit irritated about with candidates is when they just put a CV together, it's a half-arse document, and they don't put anything else. They don't, like, think, how, how should I present myself on social media? Maybe I should go a little bit further and try and be more proactive. Maybe I should do this and do that and support my myself in order to get to where I want to be. I think we've just got lazy, and it's because... You don't have to part if you had to part with money, you probably would do a better job of kind of putting yourself out there. So I think a lot of the time we're putting, especially now with COVID and the rest of it, you know, candidates are wanting to work from home a lot more and they still want the same salaries and stuff. But I do think they should be doing more really to market themselves, which is you know, hopefully that doesn't go down wrong because it's advice is do better, you know, stand um, out from, from the competition. I agree totally. You are your social media presence and you take responsibility for every single photo that you share, every post that you share, every comment that you make. That is back to you. Yeah. You can't blame anybody else for it. It's, I'm chuckling because uh, as a rep to rep, obviously I recruit recruiters, I have often used how different the whole industry would be if candidates paid rather than clients. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit like what we were talking off camera about, you know, if, if women run the world rather than men, how different things would be <laughs> for the whole world, yeah. basically. Um, but we'll share that in a different episode. Watch this space, everybody. Yeah. Um, but it's true. Um, and I think your advice is impeccable, as always. You know, we're not asking you to, you know, be, you know, evangelical with what you do, but just think before you post. And it is on you. Yeah. And if you think you're going to go and do your due diligence on a potential employer or company, 
on their social media. Well, that's exactly what they're going to do to you. And yes, they will find you on Twitter and they will find you on Facebook. If you're sharing posts on, you know, Britain first or whatever, something equally horrific, they will they will definitely judge you on it, I'm afraid. That's what we do. Of course they will. But that is what we do. And you've got to, because it's like if you put as much effort into your CV and your actual personal brand from an employment perspective as you do about posting hate stuff on Twitter, then you probably will get the job of your dreams. And this is where I just think, just use that, use that energy and that motivation and that drive and that curiosity and all that kind of stuff and think, I really want to make a career for myself. So I'm going to channel it into that rather than some crap that's on Instagram. And I just kind of wish that sometimes I'm like, I just, and obviously we, we've got out of this. We've not come, we've not been brought up in this stage now, are we, where it, it must be really, really tough to live online. It must be really hard. And obviously I, it, it only came in when I was about 20. So it's like, I'm, I missed it in that respect. You know, I was battling to get a phone and it was like a massive Nokia when I was at school. And so I've, I've, I'm sort of, outside looking in and I can't empathize it must be really hard but I'm like but think about where you want to be think about where you want to go like do you want to just stay at home with your parents forever or do you want something bigger and better for yourself because you've got the right tools now just use them for good not evil (laughs) based on the visual interruption that we had uh, those who've been watching on YouTube will have seen my daughter storm in and storm out she missed the bus apparently for college um for those listening (laughs) too disruptive in the background but if you heard lots of stomping that'll be the doc martins but yeah we need to make sure that you know that young people listening who are in the entry level stage of their career in whatever career you're going to go into whether it is recruitment whether it's you know hr you know business support whatever it might be you probably are already in a mindset of you probably only share what you want to share you know because that's that is the instable that the reality of, of what they've grown oh. up with this generation but it's thinking about your views thinking about the comments thinking about you know how people are going to perceive you and we're not asking you to compromise on things that you're passionate about that are positive you know I've I've recently partnered somebody who runs a whole community around sobriety um, and she's gone into a recruitment company and has not given up that business you know she's still going to do both so you know we're, we're talking about a company that's going to embrace that and that's clearly what fresh perspective is you know we're not talking about you chiseling off bits of your personality or your past it's just thinking about your you are a brand everything Emily said is right there you are a brand definitely. yeah 100% and it's just yeah you definitely and it, it's, it's really important that you back that up you know it's not it's not about stifling you and your personality but obviously you have got to think about where where you want to be as well and, it, and it's rubbish having to think in the future because god I'd love to be present I'd give anything to feel present but, and if you do, then that is great. Stay there as long as you can. But you do have to just think, what message is this sending? And and you will learn the hard way as well, which, you know, it it's, sometimes it's good to learn the hard way, though, because it does give you a bit of a shake and you think, right, well, I've learned the hard way now, so this is what I'm going to do to, to sort of get out of that and change direction. This is all advice I'm sure that you're going to give to your newly born daughter. And so that leads very much. My last question, which is, as we record this on the cusp of 2022, and when we're listening to this now, we're definitely going to be in the new year. What does the future have in store for Fresh Perspective and to you, Emily? Oh, thank you. No, that's a lovely last question. I mean, I didn't didn't necessarily expect to get pregnant, um, especially not in this year. <laughs> but, you know, it happened and I will, um, yeah, happily, happily. <laughs> accept it eventually but yeah obviously I'm going to be going on maternity leave I don't even know what maternity leave is like for business owners because I can't imagine that I'm going to shut off um so it is going to be it's going to be a little weird I mean what we did we've been 
we've recruited six people uh, recently and five of those were going to delivery. So we sort of split our model up into sales and delivery. Obviously, there's a lot more to it than that. But I, I think it's I think sales and finding candidates jobs are two quite different personality stacks. And a lot of people go hybrid, which is the sort of traditional model. But we don't hear stereotypically. We do. Obviously, we've got the skills. But we did hire a manager. And this is our first non-trainee, which I think is quite nice. It's the, it's the first person that we've, we've brought in who is at a level where we need them to be. So then they can almost become me. So that person will almost kind of fill my shoes yeah. for this year, till 2022. Yeah. So they will support Laura from, you know, sort of a management point of view, get involved in sales and all the rest of it. And, and then when when I come back, which will sort of be like around around September time for definite, but I don't I don't know right now. It's difficult for me to obviously say because I don't I don't know how I'm going to take to motherhood and what the plans are going to feel like when she's actually here. But yeah, Andrew will kind of step into my shoes, but with a view to absolutely stepping out and then becoming herself within the business. But right now, what we need is we need that support for Laura, that and then when she was sort of shadow and that kind of thing. And then when the view when I come back is that we can actually do what we've been meaning to do for years is me and Laura will really step back from the day to day of fresh. Um, so obviously the team will have some more hierarchy. So you'll have consultants, team leads and managers. And we'll start to build because we're quite a flat structured business. You know, it's not about the managers do this and, and the consultants do that. It's not like that. It's really flat. So it's been difficult for us to put hierarchy in because it's very much that everyone's got a place, everyone's got a voice, everyone matters. But we need hierarchy, otherwise me and Laura will never be able to move the business on. So we want to step back and do visionary stuff. We want to get into public speaking, run events, we want to run our own networking event, do a lot more um, sort of for charity and giving back and that kind of thing, speaking in schools, like all that sort of stuff. And then we want to eventually maybe bring in sort of fresh marketing in-house, fresh HR, fresh finance, and almost become like a one-stop shop for our clients, but obviously for ourselves as well. So that's kind of, it will be the sort of back end of 2022 um, and kind of going into 2023. So there's a lot going on. Um, it's just COVID, Brexit, and now me being pregnant has kind of prevented us <laughs> from, well, from doing well, this. But your new baby to happen. Happen. Cannot complain. <laughs> Uh, it sounds like the future is very fresh and very bright for you and you know I warmly wish you all the best of becoming a, a first-time parent and I'm sure you're going to be an equally amazing parent as you are a business person you're very inspiring Emily and you, you know as is Laura you know I think that both of you share such beautiful content as I say and thank you from everybody that watches and if you're not already part of their community please head over to Fresh Perspective make sure you're listening into their podcast as well and we warmly wish you all the best and we hope that you deliver on all those plans and thank you for sharing such amazing information and, and advice to, to our oh, no you're more than welcome thank you for being such a lovely host with great questions wonderful thank you so much well thank you for joining us on the recruiters recruitment podcast <laughs>